How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey there, Disney Files. Thanks for tuning in. Just a little warning that whilst we like to keep things bright and light here at Dissecting Disney Ditties, occasionally we do drop in a bad word or two. So if you're listening at home or in the car with the kidlets, you might want to listen to this later. Enjoy. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet to record today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to elders past and present. Welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. That is Another show cool. will be breaking each Disney classic Hello, hello. Welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties with Stackers and Will. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. And on this show, we break down each Disney classic song by song in an attempt to answer the impossible question. What is the best Disney song? Wait, what? What? I can smell the end of this season. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> there's, a, there's a funk in the air and it is Frozen 2. So. <laughs> we, we are so close to being able to say this film was 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like yeah. oh, we're God. so close to being yes. within the decade yeah. from where yeah. we are now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. I didn't think about that. This film is more than 10 years old. Isn't um, that nuts? I remember seeing this in the cinema. I do too. And it, it sort of came out at a weird time. Like I don't think 2010 was a particularly good year for cinema from memory. So it's um, weird time, weird, weird places. Uh, but, you know, this little gem of a movie was thrown into the cinemas and uh, ten, yeah, 12 years later we're talking about it. Yes. And uh, the movie that we are talking about is... Tangled. Tangled. <laughs> we got um, to how- that very quickly today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, yeah, we're finally here. It's it's 2010. What's been going yep. on in your world, Papa Will? Oh, uh, look, a lot and not much. I'm, I'm quite sick at the moment. So uh, we were supposed to record this session in person. You were going to come over and meet the little one for the first time, which feels ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that, you the know. first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah, but look, I've just been I've been really under the weather and you're doing a show at the moment, so I didn't want to get you sick. So thank you for being so flexible. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what I've been up to, I haven't really done a lot. I went and saw Phantom of the Opera that opened in Melbourne on uh, on Friday night. So I went awesome. and saw that. Uh, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. There's some there was some changes from you know, I saw the the one I think it was what, um, 15 years ago, probably now that Anthony Warlow was in, came out here. Um, there were some changes to that, uh, some that I liked and some that I didn't like. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly an interesting production. So if you happen to be listening to this uh, during the time frame of it still being in Melbourne, do get along and see it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's that's pretty much it, Stackers. I'm a boring guy at the moment. <laughs> There's nothing boring about you. <laughs> well, how about yourself? What have you been up to? Well, uh, in my exciting news, the Australian production of Stranger Sings, the parody musical opened last night, starring me uh, as Barb Holland, uh, probably <laughs> the most insane role that I've ever played in my life. Justice for Barb. 
Justice for Barb. I spend 50% of the time on stage as Barb and the other 50% playing a bush. So it's really great fun. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> I studied acting for... <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, we opened last night to, uh, you know, nearly 400 people and it was mm. absolutely insane. And, uh, yeah, no, very, very exciting. Very exciting to be a part of that. Great to hear it. And uh, we, we, how long is it on for? When can people come and see you? It is on for three weeks. Yep. We're playing uh, the meat market in North Melbourne Yep. for three weeks, so until November 19. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there are, fingers crossed, uh, hopes for a tour next year, Ooh. but nothing confirmed yet, so I can't say where or when. <laughs> yeah, going on the road with stackers and Will. <laughs> so if you really want to see it, fly to Melbourne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, absolutely. Hey, we should go on tour. That would be fun. Yes, because people would really get a difference if we recorded this from the Northern Territory. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We, we would know, and I feel like that, that would sort of like bleed out into our joy. You know, it's warm today. Yeah, You can hear the sweat dripping onto the yeah. microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to stop and like go and battle a crocodile away from the door like, every now and then. That's what the Northern Territory is all about, right? Just crocodiles and stuff. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, (laughs) so what we are here to actually talk about today is the 2010 animated Disney feature, Tangled. All right, before we dive into some stats, over to you, Will, for... All right, today we're going with something simple, something classy, something delicious, and it is called the Platinum Blonde. Pew, pew, pew. So the Platinum Blonde is, is, like I said, very, very simple cocktail to make. Uh, You're going to have 60 mils of a Blanco tequila, tequila, so a white tequila. To that, you're going to add 30 mils of any sort of orange liqueur. The most common one is Cointreau, but you can use Grand Mariner. If you happen to have it and you want something a little bit, a little bit different, you can get Liquor 43, which is a Spanish liqueur that is more of a citrusy based liqueur, not so much orange, but um, would add something really nice to it. So 60 mils of tequila, 30 mils of orange liqueur. Lemon juice, you're going to put about sort of three quarters of a shot glass of lemon juice into this as well. And then a bar spoon of Benedictine, which is just like a a herbal liqueur. You're going to chuck that all into an ice shaker with ice, shake it vigorously, and then strain it into a martini glass. And that's the Platinum Blonde. So I'm sitting here staring at my liquor cabinet going, tequila, yes, Contro. Yes, lemon juice. Yes, I'm going to make this. And then you said something that sounded like a foot disease and you lost me there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, Benedictine's like a, um, yeah, it's just like a kind of similar to um, Jaeger, I guess, but it's um, it, like it's that sort of like herbaly type liqueur. It's pretty common. I'm pretty sure I've got some in my uh, in my liquor cabinet somewhere. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's also called like it's – also known as Dom Benedictine. Um, yeah, it's in like a weird sort of like genie in a bottle shaped bottle. Now I want it. <laughs> um, yeah. 
It is good. It's nice. And it is used in a lot of cocktails. So I do recommend grabbing it if you don't have it. Yeah, right. That definitely sounds like one I'm going to make. And if I do yeah, that, really I will fresh. post the first photo of our Disney drinks on our Instagram in like a year. So <laughs> don't, don't, don't promise what we can't deliver, Stackers. It's been so long already. We, we really are genuinely looking for, if you're a super fan, we will literally yeah. give you a guest spot on this show yeah. if you can go back through every episode and write out every recipe we've ever given you on Disney drinks. That's our task <laughs> to you. We will invite you. You can talk about whatever you want, Disney-related. Yeah, yeah. If you do that for us. I have us. them okay. like written on my phone and then I think I delete them when I'm done. So I actually <laughs> yeah, have genuinely forgotten done. most of what. Maybe we should done. say we want a recipe and a photo. Yeah. Like you could oh, yeah, make no, no, them no. All. you got to work for it <laughs> if you want to come and hang out with us. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and bring them with you. <laughs> <laughs> I may tell you, that's a good bonus episode is just us sitting down and drinking all of them sequentially. And just getting drunker yeah, and drunker yeah. as, as we progress. Because, yeah, you know, um, we're not obnoxious enough. We should add alcohol to that mix and just be insufferable. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right, let's dive into some stats. The year is 2010. Jesus. The music and score are written by the return of Alan Megan. Uh, it's good to have him back. I missed good him. Good to have him back. Yeah. It's been a while. It has been a while. Been a while. Yeah. Lyrics are by Glenn Slater, who's been friends with Menken for a while. He actually mm-hmm. uh, has done a lot of stuff that you'll recognize. So with Alan Menken, he did the lyrics for Home on the Range and also the Sister Act musical that no one cares about. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But he also did the lyrics for the Little Mermaid musical. So for the new songs like Her Voice and She's in Love. Right. And okay. Yeah. On my wildest dreams. He did all the lyrics for those. Yep. And he's also the lyricist for Love Never Dies, the sequel to Phantom of the Opera. How topical. Okay. <laughs> hey, there's there's yeah. one good song in there, okay? There's there, one good there song. There is one good song. It just so and happens it happens 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to sit through the rest of the show. Uh, and School of Rock, sorry, I've just seen. Glenn Slater. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of moved over to the dark side. I don't yeah. lucky for him he didn't get involved with Bad Cinderella. That was Oh um, my god. We did we did something on the guy that did Bad Cinderella. Uh, Have you seen the TikTok thing that's going around? Has of like anyone the launch? not seen the TikTok? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to post that on our socials because it's worth seeing. It's so cringy and oh, so it what fills I would me like to point out is back in our bonus episodes when we did The Lion King two. Yeah, we were discussing the music and we got to the song about we're all one. We are one. We. Lion King 2. Oh, yeah, it's called We Are One. Yeah. But you'll see every day that will never turn away When it seems all your dreams come undone Yep, I remember now. And I remember saying at that time, that sounds like that god-awful title song from Andrew Lloyd Webber's new musical, yeah. Bad Cer- Cinderella, which for yeah, those yeah, of you playing yeah. at home sounds like this. Call me. And at the 
was like no one knew that musical existed because it was in London and to some people the West End Theatre doesn't exist. So yeah. now that, that that thing has gone viral of her spray painting on the wall like it's 2002, <laughs> everyone is like, oh, my God, it sounds like that song from The Lion King too. Like, yeah. dudes, I came up with that like six months ago, okay? Move on. We've actually copyrighted it, so if anyone says that, you'll have the internet police called onto you. Um, so please don't say that anymore. <laughs> it was me. It was me. I came yeah. up with that. Anyway, so back to what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Tangled. Okay. In the yes. cast, in this very, very small cast. Very small there's, cast. There's like no one in this movie. Uh, we've got Mandy Moore, yep. the pop star sensation from the sort of very early 2000s who sang what do, do you remember any songs by Mandy Moore I do not no I only remember that she was a pop star who transitioned to film and then I remember seeing a couple of her films and that's it what films do you remember uh, a Walk to Remember yeah uh, was the big one I think I was in year 10 at the time so that was the the big sort of one that was going around and then Saved Oh, I don't um, remember that. Have you not seen Saved? No. You would, you should watch Saved. I think Saved is a very, I think it's actually an incredible teen comedy film. Yeah? Jenna Malone, Mandy Moore, Macaulay Culkin, Patrick Fugit, Heather Matarazzo, Eva Amori, Martin Donovan, Mary Louise Parker. It's it's set in like a um like a, a a fundamentalist Christian high school. All right. And Mandy Moore's like the um the popular like super Christian popular bitchy rival to the main characters. I, I don't remember who the main character was. Also had Macaulay Culkin in it, like as oh, a wow. as a as a. Uh, a grown person. I was going to say, not the Home Alone kid, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and it, no, I actually think it's a really incredible movie. I think you should watch it. Yeah, cool. All yeah. right, I'll put it yeah. on my to-do list. Yeah. Um, so I, I do remember A Walk to Remember. I feel like that was like the beginning of the teenage death movies. Like this yeah. is pre-written in the stars and Me Before You and all these other like you know, one of us is dying. Yeah, one, yeah. one of us is dying. <laughs> um, who was the writer of that movie? It was because it was the same guy who did the uh, notebook. Karen I think. Jen- Jensen, uh, based on Nicholas Sparks's novel. Nicholas Sparks, sorry, yes, that's right. who it was. He, he was like the mid two thousands John Green. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So John Green did like um, Fault in Our Stars and those sort of more modern One of Us Is Dying movies. Yeah, um, right. So Nicholas Sparks was like the earlier version of him. Yeah, there you go. I remember um, Walk to Remember had a song in it that I was obsessed with and I was so obsessed with it that I bought, I went to Alan's Music, that's how long ago this was, (laughs) and I bought the single sheet when you could buy, pay like $10 to buy one song. Yeah, yeah. And it was called Only Hope and like because she plays it on the piano and like I played the piano and I felt like I was just as cool as Mandy Moore. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that was Mandy Moore uh, with the fantastic single that I remember her releasing that was like, I want to be with you is more yep. than I can say. Anyway, so that's Mandy Moore. Sounds about right. <laughs> yep. Uh, voicing Flynn Rider for the $20 million question, what is Flynn Rider's real name? 
Uh, Eugene. Eugene. Eugene Fitzherbert. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. You just won 20, $20 million in them. Thank you. I expect a check in the mail. <laughs> the biggest cash prize that's ever been on a quiz show. You can't just throw $20 million around like that, Stackers. All right? like, you, we're in a recession, you, man. Come on. You've won an island. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, with the pro, like inflation at the moment, that is the equivalent of like five cents from 2020. So, you know. <laughs> Oh, my soul hurts, everyone. So you may recognise Zachary Levi as Shazam nowadays, but before that he was pretty famous for being Chuck Batowski. Batowski? Uh, I don't know. I didn't actually watch Chuck. Neither did I. I remember it was I. always on my list, but I never got around to it. Basically he was Chuck and Chuck and it was a really big deal yeah. and now he's Shazam. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then playing Mother Gothel, we have the sensational... The incomparable phenomenon that is Donna Murphy. Can you tell I like her? I really like her. Like I yeah, really I get the really sense like that you know you recognise her name and that you maybe have some thoughts oh on her. Oh my god! If you like, if you if you don't really know anything about Donna Murphy, if you haven't seen like listen to Passion, she plays Fosca. She's amazing. She's done a whole bunch of other things, but for me, her like most amazing live performance is at a Stephen Sondheim birthday event. Mm-hmm. And she is in this group of Broadway superstars. There's Patti Lapone, there's Bernadette Peters. She's there. They're all wearing red. Elaine Page is there. And she gets up and sings Could I Leave You from Follies. And it is a masterclass in musical theatre performance. Masterclass. Mm. So, uh, yeah, this is pretty special. I oh, just love this movie because of her. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I know, the, I know the name and I know that she's a Broadway star. Uh, I don't know that I could name anything that she's been in, though. Yeah. Just, like, lots and lots of Broadway stuff. She was also – she played the witch in Into the Woods in the Regent Park open-air production. She wasn't the original witch, but she was the replacement one. So the one they filmed doesn't have her playing the witch. But then they – I think they did it again or something. I've seen a bootleg and she was playing the witch, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Then there's a bunch of other people playing random kind of small characters. They're all the thugs. That's literally yeah. the only other people that are in this film apart from the silent mum and dad, like the king and queen. Um, yeah. But probably yeah. the most notable one is the hook hand thug that plays the piano is Brad Garrett. And who is Brad Garrett? You might know. Well, I know him because I'm old, most famously as Robert Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond, the big brother. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Yes. He's also in um, Finding Nemo. He's the the puffer fish. Oh, yeah. That keeps getting inflated accidentally. Um, But he's been in a bunch (laughs) of stuff. He's um, done A Bug's Life as well. And he was in the 2004 Garfield movie and stuff. But I sort of know him mostly as... Robert Barone and the, the fish in a bug's life. Uh, in, in, um, sorry, in Finding Nemo. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's him. And then, you know, the, then there's a bunch of other really small characters, which I won't go into for now, but I'm sure they're all wonderful people. Yeah. Songs from this film that you most likely will remember, probably the biggest hit that has been at so many weddings over the years is At Last I See the Light, also mm-hmm. called I See the Light, which now looking yep. at my scores, I Forgot to rate because I was so oh. invested in it. <laughs> it is, I think, the single most stunning sequence in any Disney film ever. Ooh. So I might be, I might be making the big, like a big claim there, but it is stunning. I cried when I watched this movie last night, 
and I put it on as while I was waiting for you, I was writing the songs and I, I put it on again and I cried again. Like yeah, it is I cried as well. Stunning. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're not giving we'll anything away. Right. 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 Yeah, you, probably, you probably know I see the light. And if you were ever a teenage girl in the 2000s and you did singing lessons, you probably did When Will My Life Begin at some point as well. Awards. This was an interesting year for cinema, especially when it came to music. Okay. 2010, any idea what won the big the big one? Best movie? Best film? Best uh, picture? Is that what they say? Uh, Best picture. Yeah. Yeah, 2010, was that the was that the uh, the 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 Hurt Locker Avatar year or was that the year before? No, I think that was 2009. Oh, 2010. It was a very big movie, which I'm ashamed to say I have not seen. Starring Colin Firth. Oh, The King's Speech. So that took out the big one, but that didn't have any big song in it. So that is not what won Best Song. So this received nominations for Best Song at both the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes. It lost both of them to two different songs. That's how poor the competition was. Yep. (laughs) I just, <laughs> there was no clear winner here. Um, so with the Academy Awards, uh, I, I See the Light was nominated and it lost to We Belong Together from Toy Story 3. Don't you turn your back on me. Don't you walk away. Don't you tell me that I don't care because I do. Wow. Pickings were slim on the ground that year. Yeah, that seems like... Like a 90s sitcom theme. (laughs) So I see the light lost to that. Yes. So there were only four nominees. So there was We We Belong Together from Toy Story 3. Coming Home from Country Strong. If I rise from 127 hours. If I rise, if I rise, if I believe, more and okay. I see the light from Tangled. I am actually pretty shocked. I don't know those other two. I will put in the clips, but just FYI, listeners, we did not listen to them when we were recording this. Um, no. I see the light like is a beautiful. How did it lose to that? I don't know. Um, that, uh, that genuinely quite stuns me. And like, there's been a lot of talk lately about, you know, the Academy Awards being out of touch and all that sort of stuff. And I guess it's not a new thing. I've been talking about that for quite some time, but that just sort of really highlights it. Like, that song's fine, but it just goes to show, I guess, what the power of the nostalgia pull from Toy Story 3 was. Yeah. Now, like, I, I really like Toy Story 3, don't get me wrong. I think it's a great movie. Is that the one but, with the wood chip, wood chipper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and 
Yeah, so I love Toy Story 3, but that song does not deserve to beat I See the Light. No. Well, here's no. the funny thing. That song was not even nominated for a Golden Globe Award. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so for the Golden Globes, I See the Light Lost to You Haven't Seen the Last of Me from Burlesque. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It's the sure song. <laughs> skipped this when I watched the movie. I've been brought down to my knees and I've been pushed way past the point of breaking but I can't take it I'll be back back on my feet this is far from over you haven't seen the last of me. That's very disappointing. Yeah. So I like usually when I look at these lists, I, I only ever sort of really talk about the Academy Awards because the Golden Globes are usually the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so only I see the light and uh, coming home were on the Golden Globes list. So the yeah. winner and the other nominee weren't even on the Golden Globes list. So on this one we had You Haven't Seen the Last of Me from Burlesque, Bound to You from Burlesque, Coming home, mm. I see the light, and there's a place for us from the Chronicles of Narnia, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Right. Just a hot mess of music nominations. It's kind of like no one kind of knew what should win, but I still think I see the light should have won both of those. Yeah, weird, weird movie. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird choices, sorry. Yeah. So this is um, actually the year of Inception, Yep. Black oh, yes. and Black okay. Swan. So yep. the King's Speech won the Academy Award and the Social Network won the Golden Globe that year. Okay. No, I take it back then. It was a pretty big year for film. It's also the year of Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton's yeah. version. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, maybe it was a weird year for film then. <laughs> and burlesque. So oh, like, my good God. Some big hits and some very big misses. Um, okay. Anyway, so... <clears throat> Moving on to what's happening. So it's 2010 uh, and because The Princess and the Frog went so well, we've gone back to CGI. Yeah. This is the 50th Walt Disney animated feature film. That's insane. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I must say they did well. Mm. So, yeah, this movie was an absolute box office smash mm. Um, mm. and really pulled them back out. So The Princess and the Frog did well but not as well as they wanted and then yep. Tangled just fixed that. Nailed it, yeah. Now, how this movie started, the pitch was first made in 2001. Uh-huh. And it was called Rapunzel Unbraided. Now, right. this was originally intended to be direct competition with Shrek because oh. Shrek had just come out in 2001. Yeah. And it obviously was massive and so yeah. they were like that's what we need to do we need to do a shrek like musical that's full of pop culture references and okay. yeah. so basically rapunzel unbraided uh was a movie about claire and vince and they're two san francisco teenagers who are transported to a land of fairy tales and when they uh-huh. get there they are put into the bodies of rapunzel and her best buddy Bo, and they go on adventures and they get transformed into a squirrel and a dog. And then the squirrel and the dog go on some sort of Rapunzel-esque adventure. I don't know. It sounds terrible. I hate everything about what you're saying right now. 
Anyway, so that was scrapped and they decided to call it Rapunzel. But then what they thought was the princess and the frog wasn't successful because it had the word princess in the title and they felt like it really uh, tightened the target market into like basically young girls. Okay. And so they wanted to remove Rapunzel's name out of it and they changed it to Tangled. And they heavily marketed this movie on Flynn Rider. Rapunzel basically wasn't in the marketing for this film. Right, okay. Um, And they were just trying to get, like, the male audience into the cinema to watch watch these movies so they weren't like princess movies despite the fact it is about Rapunzel. They were like, well, look, there's this guy and he's kind of funny and he's a dude and watch him do dude things. Um, They copped a lot of flack for it. Because remember mm. when we read that list out, this was many episodes ago, where um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was like seven short guys and a chick and the Jungle Book was a bear, oh, yeah, a tiger yeah, yeah. and a big bad snake or something. Oh, I can't remember. But yeah. they kind of were like, what you know, you can't tangled. Oh, because her hair's tangled, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It freaking worked and this movie is awesome. Yeah. Um, originally, Rapunzel was down to be voiced by Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, okay. Who most people probably know as the original Glinda in Wicked. Popular. Yeah. She's done a bunch of other stuff. Did you see Schmigadoon? I haven't yet. It's on the list, but no, we haven't watched it yet. Now, I've seen, I think I watched about five episodes before I got over it. Yeah. But she's in it and she's great. She's like an angry, like conservative mayor woman. Okay. Yeah. 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 She's really funny. But yeah, she was originally down to play Rapunzel. That would be a very different vibe, I think, because her voice doesn't really suit the style of music that Mencken has written for this. 7 a.m., the usual morning lineup. Yeah, it'd, yeah. it'd be very different. And I, I really like Mandy Moore in this. I think mm. her voice is so contemporary, but yeah. not in a like, way that it no. just feels really young and chill like really accessible like kind of fresh yeah Yeah, really accessible kind of voice and I feel like it really clicked with with me when I saw it Mm. back in the day and I would have been 2010 so 23 or something yeah early 20s I just finished uni um yeah it was yeah I think it works um Mandy Moore picked it up because she was uh she voiced something in Brother Bear 2 Oh, yes. Yep. Movie the, the that I'm classic sure Brother Bear 2. Nobody has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they picked her up from there. Zachary Levi, interestingly, they opened the auditions for Flynn only to British actors because they yeah, wanted him to this. have an English accent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he auditioned with an English accent and they gave him the role and said, don't worry about it, just use your American accent. Can you imagine how many actors wanted to audition with an American accent that didn't? And then like, what the yeah. fuck is this? And how devastating for the British people who auditioned. <laughs> and they were like, oh, I get it. Okay, we, fuck. we got this. We don't got yeah. this. Yeah. It's like, a, you know, they going and seeing like the premiere and they sit down like, I can't wait to see this British guy nail it. And then they're like, what? <laughs> Be like that story. Have you ever heard that story about Adrian Brody going to see The Thin Red Line? No. Okay, so The Thin Red Line is like an early 2000s war movie directed by um, Terrence Malick. And Adrian Brody got the part. And in the book, it's based on a book. And in the book, Adrian Brody's part is like the main role. Um, and so he was so excited and he's invited all his family along and all this sort of stuff. And he sits down to watch the movie and he's in like, 
12 minutes of it. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just not about him at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, imagine. Just, yeah. So I can imagine a very similar thing movie. for this. I'm in this movie, like, check it out, check it out. It's yeah, like, yeah. When, when are you going to be in it? Like, Mom, Dad, I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> we're a fair whack in. Are you, are you sure you're in this, buddy? He's like, oh, they're out, they're out. Oh, it's over. It's over. Um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, all the, the deep goss I've got on this. Yep. So, for those of you who have never seen this movie before, According to IMDb, Mm. the magically long-haired Rapunzel has spent her entire life in a tower, but now that a runaway thief has stumbled upon her, she is about to discover the world for the first time and who she really is. Yeah, I think that's that's better than somebody else was saying. (laughs) Um, Disney Wiki. The film is telling the story of the long-lost Princess Rapunzel who yearns to leave the confines of her her secluded tower for an adventure. Against her foster mother's wishes, she accepts the aid of a handsome intruder, Flynn Rider, to take her out into the world which she has never seen. I kind of like that because it mentions the mother. Yeah, yeah. Although foster mother sounds much more valid than what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but all of this is based on an original story, which I am going to hand over to Will to explain to you. All right. <clears throat> well, well, well. Finally, a story actually first penned by the Brothers Grimm. Here we go. Rapunzel was first published in 1812, like the Overture. Is that the one? <laughs> Tchaikovsky with cannons, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, is that the 1812 idea or is that the William Tell? You sounded like you're like, is that where you're heading? Yeah, is that the William Tell overture? Oh, fuck. And the tale is told is thus. A man and a woman live in a cottage with a small window. Their cottage is next to a beautiful garden filled with flowers and veggies. Around it is a super high wall that nobody dares climb over because the garden is owned by a scary witch. This man and woman, who are not bakers, <laughs> wish so badly to have a child. Uh, I wish. I can't, I, can't, I can't think of anything else. Like it's just, yeah. um, one day the woman is looking out at the beautiful garden and decides that what she wants more than anything in the world is lettuce. Lettuce and nothing but lettuce. The craving is so bad that the woman starts literally withering away, telling her husband that the only thing that can possibly save her from the clutches of death itself is mother effing lettuce. <laughs> So the husband climbs up over the wall, hacks out some leafy greens and takes it home so his wife can make a salad. The salad is so freaking delicious that the wife demands that her husband go get some more. So over the wall he goes, only to be greeted by the witch who lives next door. She threatens his life and so the poor dude explains that his wife has a hankering for some sweet, sweet cod's lettuce. Hearing this, the witch makes a deal that he can take as much lettuce as he likes as long as they give up their firstborn child in return. He agrees and takes his lettuce and leaves. Get it? Yeah. Get it? Get it? Did it? Uh, shortly after, they have a baby girl and aptly name her Rapunzel because Rapunzel is German for lettuce. 
<laughs> oh my god, we're watching a movie about a girl named Lettuce. That's uh, that's incredible. <laughs> Thank me at your next trivia night when you win the meat tray. As soon as Rapunzel turns 12, the witch whisks her off to a tower in a forest. To climb up for a visit, the witch cries, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair that I may climb without a stair. This goes on for two years until one day the king's son rides through on a horse and hears Rapunzel singing. He becomes obsessed with her riffs and rhymes and sets out to find the source of this lovely voice. Eventually, he finds the tower and sees the witch climb up. The next day, he does the same and pretends to be the witch. Down comes the hare and up goes the prince. They talk for a bit and then because story has to story, within two hours, he pops the question. She says yes, but asks that he bring her some strong silk cord every day so she can weave a ladder to climb down. All is going well until Rapunzel blurts out to Mother Grethel. Whoop, the witch has a name. And it's the, it's the same name, is it? Grethel. In oh, the film, Grethel. it's Gothel. Gothel, right, okay. Super, it's close. Super, Super close. close. Blurts out to Mother Grethel. Bitch, I'm going to yeet. That prince is coming to get me. Grethel freaks out, pulls her out of the tower somehow, and busts <laughs> out some scissors and chops off her locks. Not knowing about this, the prince returns, says the rhyme, hair comes down, but instead of seeing his future child bride, he finds the mother of evil at the top ready to throw a cat in his face to scratch out his eyeballs. The prince jumps from the tower window and falls into a bunch of thorny branches which blind him instantly. So kind of the outcome she was hoping for, just sans cat. I just like so, the idea of like, meow. Yeah. Catch! <laughs> <laughs> what? That would be what would happen if I threw Layla at you. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I'm blind. <laughs> Wandering around for a year, blind and desperate, one day he somehow ends up out of the forest and in a desert where he finds Rapunzel. So overjoyed at seeing her prince, she falls into his arms weeping. Two of her tears wetted his eyes and their touch restored his vision and they all lived happily ever after. The end. I actually quite like a lot of the story beats that are that are sort of paid homage to in the movie. Um, like the tears saving him, the, um, the, the hair being cut, uh... The, the name I think is really nice. It's actually, yeah, no, it's, it's, the, it's less creepier than some of the stories we've read. And yeah. I quite like that they've taken a lot of inspiration for story beats in the movie from this. I think it's, yeah, I think yeah, it's lovely. So when we say Tangled is loosely based on Rapunzel, that's what it means. Unlike yeah. last episode when the princess and the frog was loosely oh, yeah, based yeah, yeah, on the yeah. princess of the frog, which was a completely different fucking story apart yeah. from the title. No, um, there's actually, there's <laughs> definite DNA in there. From this, which is good. Yeah, and it's also really fun for musical theatre nerds that how close the um, story of Into the Woods is based on this. Mm. That's where yeah. the baker and the baker's wife come out of because the baker and the baker's wife aren't an actual story. It's yeah. based on this story where you've got the husband and wife that want a child and he just made mm. them bakers to make them more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The, the questionable thing I find is she looks out the window at a garden surrounded by a high wall. How tall is their fucking oh, yeah, house? True. Yeah, true. <laughs> they, they live in the tower. They cannot be climbed. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a good 
Good read. Um, I love a Grimm's fairy tale because that was like three pages long. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, as opposed to what well, The Princess and the Frog was like, what, a 200-page novel? Um, yeah, <laughs> And yeah. it's great when I forget to, uh, for those moments where I forget to read the story and then I go, just give me 20 minutes and I can smash through <laughs> it. So. Uh, <laughs> All right. Do you have any uh, any other initial thoughts on this film? Uh, nothing initial. No, let's get into the songs, I reckon, and then we can... Talk about anything else as we do that. Let's do. Hey guys, it's Will here. First up, thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Your support gives us motivation and inspiration. If you want to join them over there where you can listen to a bunch of bonus episodes, head over to Patreon and search for Dissecting Disney Ditties. We also have merch available now. What is the best Disney song t-shirts are now available in our Redbubble store. You'll find the link on our Facebook page or just search for us on Redbubble. First of all, uh, last of all, rather, if you enjoy this podcast, we would really appreciate the likes, the subscribes, the rates and the reviews. In order for more people to find us, we need to make your voices heard. So head to Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify can do reviews now, I think. Um, Yeah, anywhere you can and leave us a review. Uh, That's it for now. Let's dive into the songs. Song number one. 7am the usual morning lineup. Start on the chores and sweep to the floors all clean. Polish and wax, do laundry and mop and shine up. Sweep again and by then it's like 7.15 and so I'll wait up. like this song i don't Me know too. Like, yeah i think that this music is a lot simpler than some of the Menken stuff we've encountered in the past um it's a little less like i don't want to say it's derivative or anything like that but it's it's just it's a little it's a little simpler it's a little bit more contemporary and i really quite like it i think it suits mandy moore's voice really well like i can't mm. really imagine her singing uh, you know, something like from the Beauty and the Beast or something like that. <laughs> um, but similarly, I can't imagine Kristen Chenoweth singing this sort of song. When will uh, my life begin? Yeah, exactly. It would sound very different. So I think that they've paired up well for this movie, like yeah. stylistically and vocally. I 100% agree with you. I think she's perfect for it and it's not heavy. Yeah. It's really light and fun. Yeah, um, absolutely. Is this... The opening of the movie. Does anything happen before this? Oh, it starts with Flynn. Yeah, uh, yeah. Flynn telling the story about how Rapunzel was taken from the king and queen by yeah, the yeah, witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how the the flower was found and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. sort of all set that. it all up, and and um, you know, Menken's wonderful score is underneath all of that. But the yeah, this score is, in this movie is so good. It's beautiful score, really, really stunning. Not yeah. nominated. No, but, um, no. Oh, beautiful. The moment when. She's coming, I'm skipping her forward a little bit, but when she's leaving the tower. Yeah. Oh, the music. Oh, no, it's not there. It's when the, oh, when she's leaving or when the mother goes up the hair. It's when the mother goes up the hair. It's the first time you see the hair. Yeah. And Gothel's going up the tower. Oh, the score is amazing.
and really beautifully designed as well. Like those sorts of images are just like vibrant and stunning. But yeah. like there's also some weird animation choices as well, which I'll get to, I guess, in a bit. But um, <laughs> yeah, like overall, really, really stunning design of this film as well. Yeah. Well, speaking of the animation, so there's a little really fun thing to know about this, I guess. Yeah. Um, the animation style is really heavily influenced by the Rococo paintings of Jean Henri. Uh, Jean Henri Fragonard, I think is how you say it. It's very I think, French. Which I, I think I'm it's not. important to the, uh, that everyone knows there was a hand motion that went along with that. Uh, so it's not quite the right pronunciation unless you see the hand motion as well. But the most, most notably, the painting that they focused on was the swing. And oh, the okay. swing yeah, yeah. is the money shot from Frozen when Anna is singing in the first time in forever and she jumps off the couch and forms the girl on the swing in the painting behind her. Oh, okay. That's that yes, painting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what's influenced this animation style. Now, yeah, if you cool. think about it, after this comes Frozen mm. and even Moana. Think about the design of those Disney females. Face proportions are all very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is the the painting that kicked it off. So I think it's really kind of cool that when they get to Frozen, they actually put the painting in the film. Yeah. To be like, this is what's kind of kicked off this new wave of The new stuff. renaissance, yeah, if you will. Yeah, kind of the new style of animation they're going with, which I think yeah. is really cool. So, And no, you definitely absolutely. see it because those um, – so Rococo <clears throat> refers to a style that's like really ornate. So yeah. you can have Rococo architecture and paintings and art and stuff. Um, and when you look at like the scene, when you see the tower and the hair coming out and there's all the flowers and, ah, oh, it's gorgeous. Absolutely yeah, gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. What did you rate this song? Um, I rated it uh, flat fives. Did you? I yeah. felt you were going to do that. Yeah. Oh, no. Apologies. I did. No, no, I did. Sorry. Yes, I did. I just I reopened my scores and thought I was looking at the wrong one, but no, I did. <laughs> Flat fives. <coughs> there you go. I wasn't quite as kind because I have to just, huh, I, I almost did and then I went, no, 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 no. What is a five to me now? So yeah. I gave it a four for music and a four uh -huh. for lyrics, yep. a five for animation, a five for contribution and a four for cake. Okay. So it's close, close to a flat five. See, was I, I was thinking of rating it lower for music, but the only reason I was thinking to do that was because it was a little bit simpler than some of the other stuff. And I yeah. didn't really, and I was like, is it like, it doesn't mean I haven't enjoyed it less. It's just, it is a bit simpler. So that would be why I would rate it lower on music. So absolutely. But yeah, I just, I, I think I was kind. I just couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I think for me now, four is really good. Five yeah. is mind blowing. Yeah. So it's like. It was, you know, perfect for the moment and it was just, whoa, you know, that's mm. a five. Otherwise, I'm going to start putting fives everywhere. But, no, um, that's, and that's no, fair I'm not going to fight yeah. you on it. I totally agree because I nearly yeah. did that. That's, no, that's fine. And the lyrics, I think, um, so I was watching this movie and uh, I realised at one point I was like, she has as many hobbies as I do because, like, I've been going through this whole um, – yeah, not to get too personal, I'd be going through this whole like ADHD assessment stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, no, that's like me describing to the therapist how, how often I get change hobbies. Like, oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll read a book and then maybe I'll paint something and then no, maybe I'll cook something, you know? So. I really like the way that they 
animated this in that first she's really excited about stuff. And I must say that money shot of her running past the camera and the hair drops and you see yeah. the title. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, but she's so enthused at the start. And then when it sort of comes back to, and then I go back to brush my hair and then I read a few more books and her expression is getting like more and more over it. Like yeah, yeah. we're trying to stay enthused here, but we're really kind of <laughs> getting over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's every day for her. <laughs> and we do get that in the, in like they do that really well is like portraying that she starts off the day and then it gets boring by the end. And then every day she's going to go back and do it the exact same way. Like it, yeah. Yeah. It's really like good. Like she's run out of room to paint. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's, a, it's really, really well done. So mm. after this song, we get introduced to Mother Gothel, who comes yep. up with some, I don't know, she's got plums or something. <laughs> comes up ha- with hazelnuts. Plums. Oh, no, <laughs> hazelnuts is later. No, hazelnuts yeah. later. She's got some sort of fruit with her, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yep. And I uh, had a point here. I had a point here. She comes up. And no, nah, it's gone. Is we it because she's a master at gaslighting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she starts singing Mother yeah. Knows Best. Yep. Mother Knows Best. Mother Knows Best. Listen to your mother. It's a scary world out there. Mother knows best, one way or another, something will go wrong, I swear. Ruffians, thugs, poison ivy, quicksand, cannibals and snakes, the plague. Yes, also large bugs, men with pointy teeth and stop no more, you'll just upset me. Mother's right here, mother will protect you. Darling, here's what I suggest, skip the drama, stay with mama. Mother knows best. Oh my God, she is a masterclass. She is. She's great. She's great. I think what's interesting about this um, uh, this uh, villain is that it's more. It's probably more upsetting than some of the villains that we've encountered in the past because she is the person that Rapunzel should be able to rely on to love her and tell her the truth and keep her, you know, keep her safe and all that sort of stuff, but, but allow her to become a a fully functioning person. And she's betraying all of that. And like, it's just, it is, it's, it's gaslighting. And anyone who has a, um, you know, who's unfortunate enough to not have a really secure relationship with any parent would, would probably understand some of what this, feels like it's it can be very upsetting and very visceral um yeah and there's almost nothing she says or sings that isn't gaslighty yeah yeah everything's really horrible and then oh but i love you i'm just saying yeah, that because yeah, yeah. i love you you're a terrible oh, I'm person just, I'm, I'm just, just joking. joking i'm just, just joking, joking. Yeah. <laughs> you're so serious all the time you <laughs> yeah. know like she, it's I uh, just, yeah i love how she has taken this text and just chewed it up yeah um i love when she goes Ruffians, thieves, the plague. Yes. <laughs> the plague, no, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, cause I love you. <laughs> the, um, oh, it's so good. The visual gags in this movie and some of the way that like uh, uh, dialogue is spoken is next level in terms of comedy. Like it's a, it feels like a very modern sort of comedy. Yeah. Um, 
particularly the visual gags, I guess. Like later when they've escaped and she's going through the whole like seven phases of grief or whatever it is. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, and it's just like the quick cuts. It's very modern, very, very funny. I'm having yeah. the time of my life. I'm yeah. never going back. I have to go back. I have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that this song really does that well as well in the dialogue sense is that moments like that are really highlighting the difference in comedy from something like. Uh, uh, friend like me. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. Something like a friend like me to this is very different but equally as funny and equally as, as effective. Yeah. Mm. I remembered what I wanted to say now before this song, but I'll say yeah. it now. The biggest plot question I have with this whole movie, right, Yeah, is why has she ever told Rapunzel what a birthday even is? Yeah, it's true. And it's even true. if she was going to give her one, you have 364 other days of the year to yeah. pick from to yeah. tell her when her birthday is, but you're like, no, I'm going to tell the truth. Your birthday yeah. is the day the lights go up. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? No, that, that's a good point. And it's, it does, it sort of, I guess, opens the door for like, what other fucked up things could this woman have done to this kid, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, let's, let's. You know, why did she teach her to speak so she could communicate with the outside world? Yeah, you which know? is like, like birthdays happen every year. I'm like, why did you teach her that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. There's all the, you could get pretty dark with this movie, I think, if you wanted to. <laughs> you brought this on yourself. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'll I'll kick it off. I almost gave yep. this flat fives, but uh-huh. um, I held back. I gave it fives for everything except cake. Mm. Um, I gave it a four for cake. Because the song that I was singing when I left the theatre and was obsessed with was not this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what would you give it? I also gave it flat fives for everything except cake, where I gave it a three. A three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just it's really hard to follow. I really love the kind of non-naturalistic animation of this where she just keeps appearing yeah. from different yeah, angles, yeah, yeah. like dressed as different things and shadow puppets. And Actually, apologies, I lied to you. I gave it a four for music. I will go back and bing, it's a four. Boom. And there is a reason for that, but I'll get to that later. What was the reason? Oh, oh we get back to that yeah, later. We'll get, later? we'll get to it later. Later, yeah. later. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, I think um, it's a simple funny song that Donna Murphy has just elevated. Yeah. Like it's her performance that makes it for me. Yeah. Because you could very easily just sing this as like a happy little, oh, check what's underneath the text, but she really like morphs it and plays with it and there's so many voices she does. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, oh, that woman. That woman. It's unfair. <laughs> tis, tis. So um, then... This next reprise, is this the one where she's left? Yeah, this is the when she's leaving. See the grass, the ground, that one? Yeah. Okay, so she meets Flynn Rider. Okay, this is probably one of my favourite quotes in the film. <laughs> when she met Flynn Rider, she hit him in the head with the fry pan. Yeah. I thought it was the funniest thing I had ever seen in my life back in 2010. She kills this man. At least four times in that first interaction. Like, he, he should be dead. Or at least severely concussed. Yeah, yeah. He cannot take her to the lanterns because he does not understand what the lanterns are anymore. He doesn't even know who he is anymore. What is grass? Mm. Um, 
Yeah. I just thought it was so funny. I remember absolutely hysterical in the theatre. I was like, it every is, time she yeah. hits him in the head with a fry pan. And anyway. when, he, when she goes, you won't guess where I've hit it, he's like, is it in that pipe? And you get the cut out and just a boom. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> now it's in a way Um So for me, it's in that scene where he's tied to the chair and yeah. she says, I don't know what it is that brought you here. Fate, destiny, a horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Max is exceptional in this movie. That that horse is the MVP of this movie. Oh, when he's in the bar and he puts his hoofs up and splits the people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's man. what I mean by like very modern comedy. Like it's very yeah. sort of deadpan, but like um, uh, like absurd movements, but deadpan expressions and stuff yeah. like that. It's, yeah, it's so good. And it's and great. Just, it's so removed from like the Shrek style of comedy, which is absolutely I think yeah. it's exactly what they needed to do. Absolutely. And then, yeah. like, just speaking of animal sidekicks for a second, the little chameleon that she's got. Pascal. When she knocks him out again and he wakes up and he just looks down, he's got the, the ear, <laughs> the tongue in his ear again. <laughs> I love that that little dude. Yeah. Why does he keep calling him a frog? Take your frog. frog. Yeah, take yeah, your frog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So um, good. So I rated the reprise a five for music and lyrics. Oh, hang on. Have we even played the reprise? Oh, no, we haven't. No. Apologies. Okay, Delete. so after Delete. all that happens, she's starting to exit the tower. He says, I'll take you to see the lights. She throws her hair out. And then this happens. Just smell the grass, the dirt, just like I dreamed they'd be. Just feel that summer breeze, the way it's calling me. And this is why I think in my initial scoring, I had rated the other version at a uh, lower score for music because I think that he just kicks it to the next level in this with the orchestrations. Yeah. Um, There's a particular point, and I want to highlight it, where where she's sliding down the hair and you just hear like the horns. I think it's horns or reeds or something in the background that's just doing this whole like do, 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 do. And it's just, oh, my God, it's it's stunning. I wrote the Beauty and the Beast score moment. Yeah, like, it yeah, just comes yeah. in. Yeah. That's where he's like, I don't usually work with contemporary singers like Mandy Moore. This is where I'm doing my thing. <laughs> yeah. And he fucking does it and he fucking kills it. Yeah. Um, so good. So good. <clears throat> yeah, the- that's why I gave the original one a four for music and I gave yeah. this one a five. Yeah. Because, like, this is where the juice is. Yeah, mm. and that's where I could 100% agree and where I would in a in an alternate timeline rate the first one a little bit lower for music because yeah he just does kick it up a notch here you are Um, welcome to change it no i'll leave it okay i'll leave it (laughs) um however this is where the some of the animation kind of weirds out for me because this was so this came out in 2010 and it was released in 3d 
uh, and it was oh. seemingly animated to be released in 3D. So, like, you probably remember Avatar was huge. Yeah, um, and then and, everything was And then 3D. everything was coming out in 3D, and it died off quite quickly, thankfully. But yeah. um, there was this time when every movie was coming out and it was, it was 3D, and there's a, there is some animation in this movie that is obviously intended to be seen in a 3D lens. Um, the big one that sticks out in my mind is that there is like a – in the, in the – um, uh, the, the tavern, there's like yeah. um, the the guy who's the Cupid and he's like flying around the, the, oh, yeah. the thing. That was obviously animated oh. with the intention to be 3D and it kind of looks a bit weird as a result. Like it's kind of moving a bit slowly. Um, it just doesn't feel naturalistic or real, even though this is obviously a cartoon and we can't yeah, get hung yeah, up yeah. on naturalism. There is sort of a sense of, of, of realness that I expect and that kind of weeds it out. And it happens here just when she runs out and it's like panning around the forest and you see her hair like coming out from the stuff. There's just there's a bit of weirdness there in the animation that doesn't quite sit right for me. Yeah. Um, so that's why I rated this. I'm just going to jump straight into it. I rated this at a five for music and lyrics, yep. uh, a four for animation, a five for contribution, and a four for cake. Yeah, great. I gave this. So this is the When Will My Life Begin reprise, in case you're wondering what we call this. Yeah. Um, I gave it a five for music and lyrics. Oh, I just uh, – it's – it, the way it builds as she finally yeah. gets to go, life begin. There's symbols and there's woodwinds and yeah, oh, so magical. And I always, I, I, I really love the lyric for the first time ever. I'm completely free. Like I feel like Mandy Moore clicks into musical theater land there. Yeah. yeah. She's not in like pop land where she kind of is in the first one. The second one, she's like, I get it. I get this song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I gave it a, I also gave it a four for animation. I just didn't think it was that well. That's probably why now that you've explained it. Yeah. Um, Five for contribution and three for cake. Okay. Yep. Because I didn't really remember this moment uh, after I saw it. I like, I, I remember the, the lick of the main song, but I don't remember specifically this reprise much. No, um, fair enough. Oh, but it's so great. It's it is so great. great. Yeah, it yeah. is great. But then we move right along. Flynn is trying to convince Rapunzel to go back to the tower because it's too unsafe, and he takes her to the world's worst tavern that <laughs> turns out to be populated by the world's worst people. And that it's called the Have a Dream. Uh, the, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the um, Rubber Ducky? I think it is the Rubber Ducky. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. Because it's the it's the yellow duck on the on the tavern tavern yeah. tangled tangled racing racing snuggly, snuggly duckling. duckling yeah <laughs> Jim, that's a good trivia question yeah <laughs> that is a great trivia question yes absolutely um, uh, where we get this song I got a dream. I'm malicious, mean and scary. My snicker curdle dairy. And violence-wise, my hands are not the cleanest. But despite my evil look and my temper and my hook, I've always yearned to be a cut Can't you see me on the stage performing Mozart? Tickling my eyebrows till they clean. Yep, I'd rather be called deadly, but my killer show too deadly. Cause way down deep inside I've got a dream He's got a dream He's got a dream 
see I ain't as cruel and vicious as I see Though I do like breaking femurs You can count me with the dreamers Like everybody else I've got a dream I can tell when you're still listening to it because you do this. Yeah, yeah, I'm bopping my head. It's a very fun song. I really, really like it. Though I do love breaking femurs, you can count me with the dreamers. dreamers. What a great lyric. I'd rather be called deadly for my killer show tune medley. (laughs) I think the lyrics in this song are incredible. I think they're so funny. Yeah, I I agree. It's just, it's a really fun tavern number. There's just, I see it and I think of Gaston, I think because it's set in a tavern. There's nothing else really similar. No, Um, no. It it does feel quite accessible in that it is, it's got the same sort of like bop as a lot of, uh, a lot of like musical theatre taverny songs or like a lot of musical theatre, this is who I am and this is what I want songs almost, you know, like (laughs) comedic sidekick song. Yeah, Does that sort yeah, of make yeah. sense? Yeah. Uh, that whole like... Yeah. Where the secondary characters... Yeah. You yeah. better like us because we're the only ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's us and a chameleon who doesn't yeah. really speak. <laughs> yeah, when the, the hook-handed man is like fourth lead, that's when you know that the movie is not packed with characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really fun. I don't have like heaps to say about this. It was just no. kind of like a, that was fun. Um, I can imagine you singing this. Yeah. Drunk <laughs> okay. at a bar. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know this song. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned um, for a bonus episode. <laughs> I remember I had a, an older student, like uh, he would have been like 17, yeah. um, come to see me for piano lessons and he could, he was a bass player. So he could kind of read music and, um, he said, I'd just love to do so like Disney. I was like, do, yeah, right. Do and bass so- players read music though? That's the that's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> I know one of our listeners is a bassist and I'm absolutely joking. <laughs> um, he's not really though. But I said, all right, well, I've got this. Oh, I've got this easy play Disney book. I've got five easy play Disney books to pick from. Yep. And I said, check out the contents, pick one. We'll go, we'll go for it. And of all the things in that list, this book had like 52 t- tunes in it or something. He yeah. picked I've Got a Dream from Tangled. And Absolutely. I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was also probably the hardest tune in the book. I was like, this is so fast. And like yeah. it's um, it's very like ra- uh, ragtimey, honky-tonk style yeah, pianoing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. It's it's busy. I mean, this is an easy play version, but there's only only so easy you can make a song like this. Yeah. Um, and it was really hard. And I was like, Are you sure you wouldn't do this? Like, yeah, I love this song. I was like, okay. It did not go well. Um. <laughs> hey, he tried. He had a dream. Yeah, like most students pick like Beauty and the Beast. You know, something nice and slow and pretty. He was like, mm, Nah, I've mm. got a dream. <laughs> and at the time, I was like, I do not even remember how this goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so speaking of that, that means my cake score wasn't overwhelming. Um, mm, yeah. I gave this a three for music, a four for lyrics, a three for animation, a three for contribution, and a one for cake. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, for those of you who have never, ever listened to our podcast before and are wondering why oh, we keep yes. talking about baked goods, <laughs> Will, will you please explain what is a cake score? Absolutely. So the cake score is... Am I eating cake while I listen to this song or am I uh, spitting the cake out because the song is so catchy? Uh, no, that's a lie. It stands <laughs> for um, Catchy Kylie Earworm Song. So how how memorable is the song and how often does it play in our brains? Yeah. Yeah. 
Like when you left the theatre, did you remember the song? Oh, no, Two absolutely. weeks later, did you remember the song? Yeah. Five years later, do you remember what that song was? You probably didn't remember this one, except for yeah. my student. What did you What did you rate it? Uh, I was a little kinder. I rated it at a three for music and a five for lyrics. I think the lyrics are quite clever. Yep. Um, I then rated it at a four for animation because um, whilst I sort of highlighted a little bit of the weirdness of the 3D stuff, I think that what, like a lot of what happens is quite funny. Uh, and then I rated it at a four for... Um, contribution mm-hmm. because it's the most the most that it contribute contributes to this movie is that it highlights that um oh which character was it that has the the unicorns ding the little unicorns oh um one of the characters that's the like a big big guy no 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 he's just the biggest like meanest looking guy he collects little <laughs> little the unicorns yeah. which you then see later in the prison and that's sort of what indicates yeah. to Flynn that he's not alone so yeah. um so four for contribution and then yeah two for cake cuz unfortunately it is not super memorable yeah all right moving on to no not going to say anything just going to say moving on to this song see how it is. Rapunzel knows best. Rapunzel's so mature now. Such a clever grown-up miss. Rapunzel knows best. Fine, if you're so sure now, go ahead and give him this. Ha! This is why he's here. Don't let him deceive you. Give it to him what you see. Trust me, my dear. That's how fast he'll leave you. I Be such a dreamboat, go and put him to the test. If he's lying, don't come crying. Holy fucking shit. Dope reprise. This is, I think. The best Disney villain song mm. in the catalog. Yeah. I'm saying it. Okay. I'm saying it. All right. I remember watching this in the cinema. I can't remember who I was with. And it finished. And I said, How is this an animated film? Mm. It was so, I had like a visceral reaction to it. It was yeah. so dark, it was so intense. The animation is great. I love how her hair is kind of graying in the moonlight. They've done Mm. such a great job with that. Donna Murphy kills it, like smashes it out of the ballpark. Mm. And to me, this is like, this is, oh, this is, yes, baby, this is it. Yeah, yeah. This is what I remembered. Leaving the cinema, this was the song. Yeah, okay, yeah. Fair. What about you? I think that this is, and this is why I didn't rate the music of the original, of the first part at a five or why I changed it to a four. I can't remember. Um, No, why I had, yeah, why I had rated it at a five. Because I think that, again, this just kicks it up a notch. And and I think a lot of that is Donna Murphy's performance. Um, It changes it from like being a, 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 being a deeply upsetting, but not overtly sinister song to being a very sinister, very upsetting song. Um, 
and I just I think her the things she did the whole um when he's lying don't come crying like that last sort of it's just it's incredible and I think the animation whilst whilst it's a little simple is really effective like there's great uses of shadow in in this song in this reprise um yeah like the only reason why it's not flat fives for me is because again it's of the cake like it's not a song that i super remembered even re-listening to it then i was like why did i rate this song so highly for everything except for except for um except for cake and then i listened to it, i was like oh yeah it's a it's a fucking bop like it's so good but that's obviously why i haven't rated it highly for cake because i didn't think i was going to remember it but i didn't yeah yeah this is the reason i saw it twice in the cinema yeah <laughs> okay. i wanted to see this like one and a half minute sequence again <laughs> yeah yeah um the the really interestingly so it's a reprise the first song the first iteration of it heavily relies on high woodwinds. There's a lot of flutes in there mm. and um, like really tinkly percussion. I think yep. there's like um, glockage bills and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, this is heavy brass. It's yeah. the total opposite end of the spectrum. There is nothing reminiscent of the instrumentation in that first one mm. in the reprise. It's yeah. like here's the other end of the orchestra and they mean business. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got to have a break before, but now you're just kicking it up. Okay. Yeah. It's just, Oh, it's so, okay. Obviously I gave this flat fives. Yeah. You, however, did not. What did I, you give it? I gave it five for everything except cake, which got a three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Donna Murphy. Yeah, it, it is very stunning, and unfortunately, this is the point in the uh, in the movie where Angie fell asleep for a little bit because she's been quite tired lately with um, <laughs> you know, r- raising a child, and um, and she's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna have a quick nap." I was like, "Yeah, okay." And this happened, and I was like, oh, "I really, up. I really <laughs> wish she'd been awake for that. I think she would have liked it." So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I just, I can't even, I can't even with this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh, okay. So good. But then, so good. then we get to the last song in the movie. I see the light. All those days watching from the windows. All those years outside looking in. All that time never. It's 
so beautiful. It is. I liken the imagery of this to the moment in Harry Potter, spoiler, but seriously, yeah. when Dumbledore dies yeah, and they all yeah. raise their lit wands. Yeah. It yeah. just for some reason reminds me of that when they're raising all the lanterns. There's something about lights floating in the sky that's just so like otherworldly and yeah. beautiful and gentle. Even if you think of when Ray dies in um, Princess and the Frog and you see the yeah, stars yeah. and you see the fireflies. And, yeah. Oh, there's something so gorgeous about it. Like I said earlier, I, I cried watching it last night. I cried re-watching it this morning, t- today. I, um, I'm certain I cried when I saw this in the cinema. It hits you hard. Like, it's just the, the whole sequence from the parents sort of the, the tear that the dad oh, has. That's and so the, sad. And it just, it, oh, I'm about to start crying again. Uh, it just, it hits and different. no dialogue. None. No, no dialogue, none whatsoever. And then they light this lantern and you see them all lighting up in the streets. And then she's looking at the water and she sees the reflection of the one. And then just all of a sudden, all of them just come up into the sky. Oh God, I'm, I yeah. am. I'm about to cry again. So <laughs> it's just, it's so stunning. And like I said, I think it is the single most stunning sequence put to put to film in a Disney movie. Like I can't wow. think of anything else that hits so emotionally with so little. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think they did a really clever and fantastic job with how they animated this. Mm. In that it's all internal. Yeah. So they're not, it's not, um, they're, they're not singing. It's not, what's the word I'm looking for? Not didactic. It's not. Um, it's like internal monologue type thing. Yeah. What's the, what's the word when like the, the music is real or it's not real? Uh, it's, no, nah, forget it. Um, they're not singing. It's all like internal monologuing until yeah. the very last chorus when they finally sing at each other. Mm. And it means at the start, the music kicks in when she sees the reflection, she can run excitedly to the end of the boat. And it's not, you still get that beautiful music without her having to sacrifice that. So she can sing slowly and softly, softly. And I think it's really clever. It doesn't need to be sung out loud. No. um, Because we get it. We've heard them sing and we, we've heard, you know, we get it. Um, And then for them to turn right at the end and sing at each other to mm. unify like we were thinking the same thing. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah. I really love the moment when the lantern is falling yeah. and she reaches out to grab it and pushes it back up. Oh. And do you notice that it is the lantern that the king and queen lit? No. Yeah, it's the one that they lit. What? How do yeah. you know that? Oh, just the design of it. I'm assuming that there is a reason why we'll show the design of that one and all the others seem to have like a weird design. But, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the sun sigil. It do they not comes all to, have that? I don't think so, No. Oh, look, I might oh, be wrong. I might be wrong, but uh, that's no, what I took from right. it. Let's and just I was say like, right, that's oh, a beautiful God. idea. And yeah. just then she turns and he's got the two and it's like, oh, my yeah. God, oh, this is when beautiful. he gives her one yeah. to put up. Oh. Yep. I, part of me was like, where the fuck they come from, bro? Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Did you um, pack them before you went and found her in the tower yeah. in the hope she'd ask you? Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I might need these in a lantern <laughs> show that I have no intention of being at. Um, yeah. And this is where I imagine that the 3D must have really, like, sung oh, as well. Like, I don't remember yeah. too much about the 3D experience because I'm sure I would have seen it in 3D. Like, it was, I didn't. It, yeah. But I, I imagine that just, like, those lights sort of, like, coming out of the screen and stuff would have been stunning. Pretty. Yeah. But that's why I, I gave it flat, flat fives. fives. 
Yes. <laughs> you can't fault it. It's no. so pretty. The orchestration in it is stunning. Yeah. It's so nice to hear Mencken not in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Now that he can have this is a 65 piece orchestra. Yeah. In this in this movie. Shit. And when you've got something like Aladdin, it's still a big orchestra, but there's a lot of like synthesized stuff yeah, in there. Yeah. This has nothing. It's completely orchestrated. It's completely live musicians. Yeah, damn. Oh, and it's so rich. That string section is so rich. Mm, mm. Um, and they're just they're so at the forefront of this arrangement. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. But yeah, that's where like <sighs> I think this is the point actually where I woke up, Angie. I was like, "You're about to, you, you, you know, you got to see the lanterns. The you got to see the lanterns." <laughs> and um, we just sort of looked at each other, and we both had like tears running down our faces. I was like, "Yeah, that's fair. This is, this is yeah. what it does." Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's all the songs. That's all the songs, and you know what? No real duds. Like I've no. got a dream isn't memorable, but it's still fun. But it's fun, and and that's the thing. And I think that's what. Um, uh, it's it, like I said. It's nice to have Menken back because um, you know you've had Randy Newman and Phil Collins, both great songwriters in their own rights, but neither really, I think, hit with their. I mean, certainly not Phil Collins. I, I know that's your your views, uh, but <laughs> neither of them really hit hard with their um, with their Disney attempt. Yeah, uh, and so it's nice to have Menken back doing Menken's thing and just killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, my goodness. Um, no, I don't. I don't think there's any. A question as to which one is the winner, but the I'll winner. let you tell you the scores just while I... Uh, let me do some very clever calculations. Mm, got it. Mm, yeah. Mm, no, nope, the, the, the winner. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit, the I think winner. I just deleted all of my notes. <laughs> ah, I did. Oh, my God. What have I done? Uh, Undo. I, okay. Um, no, it's not undoing. I'm going <laughs> to... Shit. Okay. Uh, I, I do remember the anecdote, though, so let's get into everyone's favourite section. Angie's anecdotes. So Angie watched this movie. She was in fine form, but there is a, a clear winner in the Angie's anecdote. And uh, there's a moment where uh, Rapunzel convinces... Um, her mother to go and get the white shells to make the paint, the the white paint. That's what I want for my birthday. And that's just a ruse to get her out of the house for a couple of days. And um, she starts packing food into her basket. And Angie turns to me and she goes, that is not three days worth of snacks. That is a mild charcuterie. Maybe she was planning to like spear a deer on the (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that is my lovely Angie, motivated by uh, snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the clear winner with flat fives from Will and I was the beautiful I See the Light. Everything is different now that I 
Right, so we will be back uh, very soon with our next episode, the one you've all been waiting for. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> 2011, which I've never seen. Which I, oh, no, I have seen. This is really lovely. It's a really lovely film. Yeah, I've heard it's really, like, wholesome, and I think it's the it's the Lopez's, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so. This is their audition for Frozen. The audition for Frozen. I look forward to <laughs> seeing it. But, yeah, look, uh, that's, that's it from us with Tangle. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time, I'm Stuckers. And I'm Will. Bye. Bye. Powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.